Welcome to episode 99 of the All the Books Show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles. Oh, no. You know what I just realized? What? We're going to have a Y2K situation on our hands when the podcast rolls over into triple-digit episode numbers. That crazy... The computer's not going to know what to do with a third digit. That conspiracy theorist (sighs) is Nick Gunning. Oh, my gosh. I have to go buy batteries and bottled water, because this podcast is going to go crazy. Hey, man. Yeah. I got 99 problems, but this podcast ain't one. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Do you remember uh, Get Smart's 99? No. What? You never watched Get Smart? The movie? Okay. Or the show? The no, show. I haven't seen either. Oh, I loved the show. Nick at Night when I was a kid uh-huh. was the way to go. Are you still surprised when I tell you I haven't seen a 70s TV show? I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah I, yeah, I just loved Nick at Night. Yeah. And I loved 99. How many episodes were, uh, I mean, how long was an episode of Get Smart? It was a half hour. Oh, weird. I was yeah. weird I didn't watch it's it. It's like a sitcom. And when I was a kid, they brought it back. Like, there's a 90s version Ooh. where it's the original cast plus uh-huh. Andy Dick plays their son. Uh. <laughs> it did not last. Yeah. But I loved it at the time. Basically, and I tried like to anything it that later. Andy Dick does. <laughs> I guess outside of news, news radio. radio yeah. Which, news radio is great. Yeah. I don't want to hear anything negative about no, news radio. I don't have anything negative to say about it. On this podcast. Do you think it should have kept going after Phil Hartman died? Uh, maybe not. Yeah. Because it never really resolves. It was still, like, canceled without any resolution, so... Which yeah. is the perfect segue into our topic like, yeah. today. <laughs> we're sure. going to be talking Let's... about we're going to be talking about unfinished novels, authors who didn't get a chance to finish their novel before they had to punch their ticket into yeah. the great beyond, and then they came back as ghosts. So, with yep, yeah, because yep. everybody knows a ghost always has an unfinished yep. novel on Earth, and yep. that's why they're haunting. They have you. a direct channel to Christopher Tolkien, and they yep. tell him exactly what they wanted <laughs> yes. to write. Son. Anyway. We're going to talk about some uh, unfinished novels. What if from the elf years, loves the dwarf? <laughs> years past. But right now, we're going to talk about what's going on in our lives. Re books. Oh, Eric, what have you been reading? Uh, Please don't get into like personal things in your life. Just I, tell me. Tell I me don't feel so read. good. Oh, I know. I'm sick. Sorry, you man. You can tell it. I've I had a little length. bit of a cold over the weekend. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Mm-hmm. I think our colds are unrelated, though, because I you were so gone. Too. I was gone on a vacation. I was on. And I got island. sick independently. Yep. So maybe it was it was independently, but it was sympathetically. Hey, that like could our be. brains had wavelength. Like Nick wow. is getting sick. We're like soulmates. No, is that what you're saying? No, I think no. I think the audience heard no. you say that. But really, tell me what you've been reading. I read Moon Cop. Hey, because somebody Tom wouldn't Galt's. stop. Yes, telling me to read Moon Cop, and you and were kind of like underwhelmed with Moon Cop. What I gave it three I stars. Thought, I know. That's your underwhelm. You probably would have given it two stars if you didn't know I'd see it on Goodreads. Not true. Really? Two stars is my I didn't like it. Oh, okay. You did like it. So I, I don't know. I thought it was like very like it. profound. In you should read. Uh, I can't remember that. I really thought you'd dig this more. The themes are ones that tends to put no, I really liked it. on your heartstrings. But it was, I, I guess it was just kind of short. Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. Anyway, this is, a, this is an adult graphic novel in our adult graphic novel section about a moon cop. And it's a very simplistic drawings, very simplistic story, but also very moving. So yes. I, I really liked it. Well, I'm glad that you liked it. I guess that was it. I didn't find it super moving. Interesting. Okay. Um, That's all right. But I mean, I still liked it. Crud. I typed in French comic artist, and I can't find who I'm looking for. Tom Gold is his name. No, this is... There's another comic. Oh, a different. Yes. Okay. Um, and right. it reminded, it made me think you would like it. And I can't remember what it is. Oh, I bet I didn't Goodreads it. It's, he, he writes like, I think they're like birds. Oh, okay. Um, they're in France. One's a zombie comic. And it's just kind of sad because he meets a woman. Fans, if anybody knows what Eric's talking about, yeah. you can oh, hit us up her, on Twitter at all name? the book show. It's, yeah, it's one word. It's a one word name. Okay. It's going to drive me crazy. All right. Is that it? <sighs> no, I read okay. uh, Transmetropolitan, uh, Volume graphic. 4. Okay. Yeah, so Volume 3 and 4, this is by Warren Ellis. This is about okay. the columnist who has to go back into the crazy futuristic city. It's okay. depressing and gross. It's a great comic. And so, 3 and 4 were okay. political uh-huh. uh, because there's, a, uh, there's an election happening, and he has to like decide which candidate he's going to back. And it's... Like, this was written in, like, 99. Mm-hmm. It is crazy topical. <laughs> like, still. Yeah, I can like see that. Like, both can It's just... It's, like, the same thing. It's... Weird. The, life is just a flat circle. That's what uh, True Detective taught us. Deep. So, Deep. Um, 
It's, so it's do you crazy. recommend the series then? Yeah, I did recommend Transmetropolitan uh, who, who People. Who do you recommend it to? Like well, what? not people who can't handle uh, a very, oh, what I don't know. It's an offensive style of humor, okay. I guess. Like, like crude? It is crude okay. a lot of times. Uh, it's British. Okay. Uh, and I read Batman Volume 10 Epilogue. This okay. is the last Batman comic graphic novel collection of Scott Snyder's New 52 run. Oh. So well, now he's already moved on to All Star Batman. Yeah, not great. Rebirth, so not great. Oh, uh, it's just a collection. I don't think that that series never after when Court of Owls just like fluttered out. I never really got back into it. Oh. Did you like the other ones? It yeah, seems like you've been underwhelmed. What? No, Death of the Families. Yeah. I oh, I, I consider like, Death, like of Death of a Family. Yeah, yeah. Vo- Volume Three. Yeah, that's like a modern Batman classic yeah. now. Uh, and I did like Zero Year. Oh. Um, both volumes, but Do after we have this whole run in our collection, we have the first five. First, five. but it's okay. it's in the whole system. Mm-hmm. Other libraries have the rest okay. of it. Um, that's the beauty of our system. You can borrow it from yeah. any library. Just come here, we'll hook you up. Um, I just felt like after zero year, it lost direction and really. I mean, I thought what, prior to zero year, yeah, it lost direction. <laughs> that's because you didn't read Death of the Family. Yeah, which is so good. Well, I'll, I mean, that's that's Death of the Family is not my thing. I get that it's like good yeah. it's just not one that like interests me um but this 10 being the epilogue it's just a collection of like issues that weren't collected oh before so it's not really like anything oh that's lame so i found it very uh very boring and yeah, all like that. but i'm done with it now and now i can go read other batman stuff are you gonna follow scott snyder's all-star batman i mean i'll just read any batman comics. any batman he, he's you. the okay. second most read graphic novel on my goodreads batman yeah first being the X-Men. I figured. Yeah. Okay. Uh, though, to be fair to the X-Men, it says I've read 186 graphic novels mm-hmm. of the X-Men, but that's not including all the single issues that I can't yeah. count. Yeah. So I would have read much more than that. Yeah. Batman, I have read 119 wow. graphic novels. That's and that brags. is actually accurate. Okay. Because any of the single issues I've read were collected, and okay. I added them to that. Cool. So, yeah, man. And that's it. I'm still... I, I haven't picked up... Uh, the book the me earl and the dying girl oh yeah because i haven't been feeling great yeah well you've got uh, a couple of weeks we're doing that as a book club yeah. folks remember on yeah, the 24th like, uh, a lot of people were interested in it when we talked about it at your book yeah. club yeah we did it we did it at the woman in cabin 12 we talked about this book club a lot but you can join us to discuss me earl and the giant girl by dying girl by jesse andrews on july 24th at six o'clock did we say yeah six o'clock okay. yep uh so that's it Couple yeah. of graphics. All right. Oh, no uh, problem. No judgment. I saw Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't spoil it for me. But did you? Were you happy with it? Did yeah, you like it? I did like it. I think it's the first time a Spider-Man movie has happened that isn't necessarily in the shadow of the original Spider-Man movies, specifically well, Spider-Man and Spider-Man there's Two. There's only been two since then. No, there's Spider-Man Three. Oh, you're counting Spider-Man Three. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. But yes, I feel like the Amazing Spider-Man movies never stood completely separate from them. I well, felt they were they just all to... prelude. I think if they ever would have done what they set out to do, it might have worked, but they didn't. I maybe. wasted too much time. I just think, and it was like too soon and everything. Whereas oh, yeah. this one, it, it's different enough. The t- like the tone is completely different. Mm-hmm. It's just it definitely uh, it it's it's a different direction. Okay, so. It's, cool. it's nice. All right. Uh, well, I look but, forward to watching it. But there's nothing in it that had me like, oh my gosh, like the Spider-Man 2 train scene. Okay. Or the, you remember the crane yeah. rescue in yeah. Spider-Man 3 where he has to save Gwen Stacy from a falling crane? Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Nothing nothing, nothing really like that great. That. Okay. So it's all very like in-house style okay. of the Marvel Studios. Yeah, well. But, yeah. So. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, all right. I'm... Hey, don't be I'm sad. Still... Don't be sad. Okay. There'll be more Spider-Man movies. I know. For the rest of your life. More than I could ever, ever There'll be want. more Spider-Man for the rest of your life. I'm I'm still reading Scott... Westy's been cast as Spider-Man. Okay. I'm still reading Scott Turow's Testimony. Okay. And I like it, but it's really... It's one of those books where I just... I feel like I sit down and read it for an hour, and I'm like five pages along. It's just... It's not moving, and I'm getting to a point where I'm getting a little impatient with it, and I want it to pick up the pace a little bit. I like the writing... And I like the book so far. I'm just hitting that point where I need to like get over the hump and 
things need to start cooking a little bit more than they are. So yeah. I'm reserving judgment. Uh, I also started reading Split Second by David Baldacci. It's the first of his King and Maxwell books. Uh, I've This is the farthest I've ever gotten into a David Baldacci book. I've picked up other ones before and just they didn't do it for me. Right. Uh, this one I'm liking, all right. I watched a little bit of that TNT show, King and Maxwell. And it's... Oh, I haven't uh, heard of that. What's his name? John Tenney, like from The Closer, is... King and Rebecca Romaine is Maxwell. Rebecca so, Romaine's in it? Yeah. So I sort of like have them in my heads as I'm reading this book. But uh, yeah, I'm liking it so far. This is for the Page Turners book club. It's our next book club thing. Uh, so it's going it's going pretty good so far. If one actress could have like called me as a teenager and said, hey, do you just want to run away and hide from the rest of the world and live with me for the rest of your life. Yeah. It was Rebecca Romaine. Rebecca Romaine. Yeah. Well, okay. I think she was still Rebecca Romaine Stamos, though, mm-hmm. so I imagine she was also trying to get away from John Stamos. From John Stamos, sure. So, yeah. Sure. I've been watching the later seasons of ER, which starred John Stamos. So. And? Yeah. You wouldn't run away I from John the, Stamos. I miss the early years. Would I run away with John Stamos? No. No, I was, no you wouldn't run not. away from John Stamos. Me? No, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, what else? What else? I guess I read a couple of graphic novels. I read Superman Volume 5, uh, part of the New 52 thing. That series has never started for me. And the thing Wait, is, is that the one that's... Was that the one that, um... I don't want to say George Perez. No. Well, yes, he started the run. He started it. Yeah. And then left. Yeah. Okay, because I did like his first... Yeah, but it, All right. it never goes back to that style. Yeah. Did, like, the little internal... New 52's a mess. I know. The little <laughs> internal story was pretty good, but... Mm-hmm. They included, like, some of the Krypton Returns, some of the Doomed crossovers, and so it just made it a complete nonsense book. Mm. I just want to go and shake DC Comics and be like, stop collecting things in a stupid way. Mm. I also read Shea Fontana's uh, Finals Crisis, that junior uh, graphic novel. Oh, uh, yeah, series. the one, the superhero, yep. superhero girls, yeah. or superhero high. Yeah, which I like. So. I like. I don't read a lot of, like, that level yeah. graphics. Teen in, in Katana, Teen Wonder Woman. Yeah. So. Yeah, she was just, I, again, I... Talked to her at the conference in uh, Teen Katana? No, no, the author. And she just was interesting and had an interesting take on it. So it made me want to revisit those books. So I've been enjoying those. So that's it for me now. Uh, Like I said, uh, Baldacci's Split Second is is okay so far. Right. And uh, I'm already finished with The Testament, but we're coming up on that next week uh, for the book club. So if you want to join us talking about The Testament, that's at 3.30 on July 18th, uh, John Grisham. That goes really well with the theme of the summer reading program. It's really warm in this office. You know, I had to turn off the air conditioning so people can hear us. Yeah, but was it on before we got here? Just for a few minutes. Wow. I am. I'm going to take off this year. In other book news, I... National Book Awards uh, tweeted out uh, this news story that I found really interesting. The uh-huh. uh, story appeared originally on PublishersWeekly.com. Okay. And Maurice Sendak, you know Maurice Sendak of Where the Wild Things Are? Yes, and, I sure do. Yeah. I know him, I guess, more from like... Is his, this going to end with him being dead? He is definitely dead, oh, okay. yes. He's been gone for a while. He has been. Okay. Yeah. Whew. I always loved the Little Bear books. Did you ever read Little Bear? Yeah, I loved Little Bear. Yeah. Where the Wild Things Are never really did anything for me. I'm not really a fan of that book. Yeah. You've, you've never really been a child, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, in when they were going through his papers, they found a manuscript. Oh, oh no. We've been here before. <laughs> Although this seems legit. They found a manuscript, and they sent it to uh, Arthur Yorinks, who was a, a longtime collaborator of uh-huh. Sendak, and was like, do you know what this is? And it turns out that Maurice Sendak in the 90s had created a series of illustrations to go with um, a London Symphony Orchestra performance of oh. uh, an, an opera that's based on a Czech nursery rhyme that's kind of like a nonsensical okay. Alice in Wonderland sort of thing. So then it just kind of sat there for a while, and somebody asked if they could use them again, and he kind of pulled them out, and then he and Arthur Yorinks got to talking and saying, you know, these illustrations are all done. We should just make a book. So they made a book, uh-huh. and then they both got going on other projects and just totally forgot about it and never really did anything <laughs> with it. So Arthur Yorinks, who is still alive, is like, yes, let's publish it. I'm glad you found it. So there's going to be a new Maurice Sendak book coming out. So I think a lot of parents will be excited about that because his books are still, wouldn't you say? I mean, still incredibly popular. Yeah, going where out. the wild things are, it's yeah. always popular. Yeah, yeah, but not just that. I mean, the others as well. But I'm trying to find the title here. It's Presto and yeah, Presto and Zesto in Limbo Land, coming out in fall of 2018. So yeah. if you're a Maurice Sendak fan, lamenting the fact that you've seen them all, yeah. here's a new one for you. 
We, uh, I think they also found one where Max from Where the Wild Things Are yeah. gets recruited to go on a uh, paleontology really? expedition. Really? Yeah. Um, but then it turns out he meets, like, uh, Wild Bill. Oh, was wow. Wild Bill a person? Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. And Sherry Crichton found this. Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. Yeah, so Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. It's called Where the Wild Dinosaur Things Are. Oh, I like it. It's a very subtle yeah. title. Yeah. <laughs> um... Well, I guess uh, now let's just talk about book news. Yeah. What's coming up Why? in the world? You don't, of... you don't have to be so sad about it, man. Oh, sorry. I'll try to perk up. Yeah. Uh, did, so let did me you tell have you. coffee? Yeah, it's right here. What's in it? Let me tell you about some advance notices. <laughs> okay. So, Eric, I think you've read the previous 27 books in the series. Okay. I'm just going to go the, blow uh, my nose away from the mic the while sis- you do this joke. It's the Sisterhood series by Fern Michaels. Is it Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? No, just the Sisterhood. No. Okay. And also, I haven't read those Yes, either. you have. Uh, Fern Michaels' Need to Know, book 28 in her Sisterhood series, a loose series. The Sisterhood, a group of women from all walks of life bound by friendship and a quest for justice, armed with vast resources, top-notch expertise, and a loyal network of allies around the globe. The Sisterhood will not rest until every wrong is made right. That sounds kind of intense, actually, in hindsight. Uh, if you've been following the Sisterhood series or are just a fan of Fern Michaels and good old fiction, uh, look no further than August, and it will be here in the shelves of the David A. Howe Public you don't Library. Have a, oh, there they are. You keep your tissues so far away. Oh, I only now see them. I have yeah, a paper towel there. on my nose like sandpaper. Uh... James Patterson and you've frequent... never read a single Fern Michaels. I haven't even for like a book. Club. No, I haven't. Do no, but they're I've like cozy mysteries. Debbie. No, they're not cozy. Well, they're they're cozy, but they're not mysteries. Oh, okay. Although that sounded a little bit more. Yeah. Usually, Fern Michaels books are just about two like women in their sixties, like <laughs> being friends and okay. having coffee on wicker furniture. You know. Okay. So um, she hasn't written any contemporary classics, no. if you will. <laughs> Anyway, James Patterson and Maxine Pietro, I uh, couldn't, couldn't stop them if I tried, but yeah. they're back at it uh, with a book shot. Mm. This is book number 16 and a half of the Women's Murder Club, so a little Women's yeah. Murder Club book shot. I'm sure it'll just end up in book 17 of the Women's Murder Club. <laughs> Probably. Uh, it's called The Medical Examiner. Oh, well, that's helpful. Two bodies arrived at the morgue. Oh. One was still breathing. <gasps> Sorry, that was a woman a checks into a hotel and entertains a man who is not her husband. Ooh. Ooh. A shooter kills the lover and wounds the millionaires, leaving her for dead. Is it the perfect case for the Women's Murder Club? Is it? Or just the most twisted? I don't know what kind of cases the murder club normally It could solves. be one or the other. Just gen- any case. Any oh, general so case. then... I've actually read one of these. I read book 14 randomly, <laughs> okay. and it was not great. Oh. My wife tried to read another one of the Women's Murder Club book shots. Uh-huh. Also not a fan. Right. So it's really, I think it's Maxine Pietro. Steve agrees. We're going to be talking about James Patterson uh, next time Steve's in town in a couple of weeks. So Okay. Uh, Lisa Scottaline coming out with a new back? one. No, I didn't. You got to call him back. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, no problem. Rosado and Denunzio, book number five, Exposed, coming out in August. A battle for justice pits partner against partner. Mm. Mary Denunzio wants to represent her old friend, Simon Pensiera, a sales rep who was wrongly fired by his company, but her partner, Benny Rosado, represents the parent company. When she confronts Mary, explaining this is a conflict of interest, an epic battle of wills and legal strategy between the two ensues, ripping the law firm apart, forcing everyone to take sides and turning friends against friend. Sometimes loyalty can be lethal. Man, that sounds boring. Mm. Doesn't that sound bad? It does. That sounds really bad. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Oh, okay, all right. That's it for standard print. I pulled one large print here that I wanted to tell you about specifically. Uh, by Peter. I can't handle any more joke titles for me. Peter Dawson. Okay. <laughs> Beyond Fort North. This is a Western. Uh, and this is new. This is new to print. Okay. Uh, Captain Dan Gentry did nothing to defend himself at the court-martial held following the massacre of all but himself and Sergeant Tim McCune, as well as the loss of a herd of 60 remounts to Apache on the way back to Fort North from Fort Stark. Four weeks later, he's escorted to the gate, his uniform in tatters, his saber broken in two, disgraced and scorned by nearly all the fort in Elk Bend, the town below Fort North. Just in case you're wondering where. Yeah, I was where I couldn't. Elk Bend is home base for Caleb Ash, a part-time civilian army scout and livery man who sells horses to the army at a huge profit. Gentry is convinced that the massacre of his men and the loss of the horses can be laid at Ash's doorstep, but he has no proof. Okay. Coming out in August in large print. You going to read any of those? No. No, I'm not so. going to read any of those yeah. either. Sorry. When do you think you're going to have to read a Fern Michaels? Uh, you're going to say never, but I think there is an ever 
that you will have I to guess read. I might read one of her Christmas books at some point. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I can't imagine putting it on a book club. Yeah, unless your book club changes. Unless my book club changes. Unless yeah. I do, like, cozy, inspirational yeah. gal pals yeah. book club. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you have uh, on the old New York Times bestseller list? What's topping the charts today, Mon Frere? Well, let me tell you. Oh, I'm going you, you to tell to you. You have to look it up. You have to look it up. No, right I, if you're it's assuming fine. that I, I forgot that I do this every week. Yeah. How dare you, sir? I was assuming that. How dare you? Okay. Just opening up the all right, whole all right. New York Times. Well, while Eric's doing that, I'll just remind everybody that this Friday, we're celebrating the 80th anniversary of the David A. Howe Public Library with a special evening of one-act shows. Our friends at the Valley Theater are helping us to recreate a night of theater that was originally staged in the auditorium in July of 1937. So we'll be doing three one-act plays, uh, same ones that were performed 80 years ago. And Brian Hildreth, former director here, Michelle Lavoie, former director here, and I are going to introduce each one. Eric's directing one. Sarah Badger of Genesee Dance Theater is directing one, and I'm going to be in one. Yeah, so it's going to be yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you come and join us this weekend, uh, Friday at seven o'clock for that. <sighs> yeah, directing has been hard because the cast I have there yeah. are a lot of divas. Okay, a lot of. Uh, high personalities, sure. demanding personalities. I don't, I don't want you to embarrass yourself, but your cast is mostly just me and my wife. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you probably want to take back what you said. Well, about... do you remember? Uh, uh, do you remember the diva character in uh, Phantom of the Opera? Oh sure, sure. Yeah, Manny Driver. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Imagine uh, two of them. Okay, and they're that's and they're doing Reader's Theater, and I'm directing it. Huh. Okay, I, yeah. I remember it differently, but okay. agree to disagree. I, I, I remember you complaining I and me saying, the does process. the diva demand it? And you saying, the diva does. Well, and then, in, yeah, in that you know, situation, I was I taken felt... away by a phantom and he t- sung to me the music of the night. Did he? It was actually a really okay. nice evening. I can't remember right. the last time right. I've had such a nice evening. Yeah, that's let's great. Let's move on, though. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> uh, let's start with some young adult hardcover. I'm sorry I made it seem so... Extreme. Yeah. This did. is the top 10. You did. Young adult. Do you know on the New York Times bestsellers list for young adult, they don't have anything below 10. Really? On their list. Interesting. Yeah. So, number 10. Is this the right date? What's yeah. the day? Oh, this is the right date. All right. Number 10, uh, which is new this week. It's called Now I Rise by Kirsten White. It's not Kristen. There's no R there now. Okay. Uh, oh, Kirsten White. Kirsten, yeah. Uh, so, this, I don't know if you remember me ever talking about. Uh, and I Darken, which was a story about Vlad the Impaler, but it's a female oh, Vlad the Impaler. Yes, yes, yes. Sequel. Now I oh, rise. Squeakquel. That's you have to when you decide if something is a squeakquel or not. Yeah. You have to ask: Does this have chipmunks in it? Yes or no? Did that first one about Vlad the Impaler? No. So this is just a standard sequel. Yes. Oh. Okay. okay. Right. Number nine on the uh, young adult hardcover: uh, Alex and Eliza by Melissa De La Cruz. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you, you know about Alex and Eliza. Sure. Alexander Hamilton yep. Yep. and Eliza. A young Alex Trebek yep. starting out his youth in Canada. With Eliza Dushku. With Eliza Dushku. <laughs> <laughs> Star of Josh Whedon's The Dollhouse. Yep. I don't it's know. the best I could do. I really? Can't. She was in Buffy. Buffy, okay. She was in a lot of, like, not great action movies in the early aughts, played, I believe. Played Catwoman, I believe, in the uh, Batman year one animated movie. Did she? I'm pretty sure. All right. Number eight, The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue by Mackenzie Lee. Mackenzie Lee, I believe, is the author of uh, Simon and the Homo Sapien Agenda. Okay. So this is Romance and Racism in a Misbegotten 18th Century Grand Tour. Uh, Something for everyone. (laughs) uh, Number seven, Midnight Jewel by uh, Rochelle Mead. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the sequel to Glittering Court, same author as the Vampire Academy series. All that glitters is gold. Yeah. Hey, we can't we can't do any New York Times bestsellers list without talking about this guy. Number six, Crazy House by James Patterson. Oh, it's a crazy and house. Gabriel Chabanat. Yeah. Uh, the wrong twins on death row. Look out. I would just be like, guys, I'm Wow. Yeah. That would be like if Lindsay Lohan was gonna star in the parent trap now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it would be about that. Dark. <laughs> Number five. Wow, that's two episodes in a row. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Lindsay Lohan's really right. taking a beating. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, number five. One of us is lying by Karen M. 
McManus. I don't know what you're implying, sir. Look, Nick, yeah. one of us is lying. Okay, agreed. Oh, no. <laughs> For five students... Wait a minute. My twin's on death row. <laughs> For five students, a detour into detention ends in murder? <gasps> Jeez. I know that's really extreme. Jacques. Yeah, that's how it feels. Yeah, it does. Uh, number four, Once and for All by Sarah Dessen. Sarah Dessen is a very popular, uh, I believe she writes romance in the young adult section. She wrote Saint Anything. That was mm-hmm. her last book. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, Lord of Shadow by Cassandra Clare. Oh. Caught between the fairy courts and the clave laws. What do you do when you're, when you're trapped between fairy courts and clave laws? I, what do you do? If I had a nickel for every time I was yeah. there. You, you hope that yeah. your twin is the one on I death do. row. I do. I always hope that. Number two, Generation One by Pitticus Lore. Mm-hmm. Hey, good news. He's not done. The guard creates an academy to train teenagers with superpowers. Ugh. Oh, good. Number one, The Hate You Give. This has been here for 18 weeks. This is by Angie Thompson. So this is a 16-year-old girl sees a police officer kill her friend. So this has been very topical and very popular. It has checked out quite a bit here, and it has been on the New York Times bestseller list for a long time. Pretty sweet. What? I don't know. What was that? Just a weird accent. Did you like it? Were you doing like a strong bad? No, it was a... I don't know. It was SNL. So we were talking about SNL earlier. We were? Got stuck in my head. Yeah, before the show. We did? No, last episode. I remember now. <laughs> oh, man. It was that episode where we were talking about uh, Stuart saves his family and it's yeah. cat and all that. Okay. It's got stuck in my head. For, okay. Let's, <laughs> number 10 on the New York Times bestsellers list. Hey, I love for, that Mickey Mouse t-shirt you're wearing, by the way. Oh, yeah, wearing a Mickey Mouse t-shirt. All I right. forgot. So this is a hardcover fiction, so adult hardcover fiction. Look out. But if kids want to read it, that's fine. Yeah. Adults, you want to read young adult? That's fine, too. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say. Okay. Breaking down barriers. Number 10, Come Sundown by Nora Roberts. So, you going to read it? Come Sundown by Nora Roberts? Yeah. No. Okay. No. Uh, number nine, Tom Clancy, Point of Contact. I lived it. By Mike Madden. What? I lived it. Point of Contact? Nora Roberts before sundown. Years after she was kidnapped, a woman returns to her family's Montana ranch. Yeah. You lived that. I worked on the ranch. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Got most of it secondhand. Well, the, so. the, Tom, <laughs> the Tom Clancy book, uh, Jack Ryan Jr. Yeah. helps Throt. Uh, throt? Help me here. I, I'm throt. not seeing the word. Throt. <laughs> I've throtted you. Stop saying that. Just say it. Thwart? Thwart. <laughs> uh, I'm sick. I wish everybody could see you just looking me directly in the eye saying thwart. Thwart? Well, Jack Ryan helps stop a global I, financial crisis. I, I thought a wizard had turned you into a frog, like <laughs> and you were transforming. Uh, <laughs> so that's Jack Ryan Jr. I guess he and it's, I guess he deals with like financial crises now. Oh, because he doesn't have to. Like his dad took out like terrorist. I think he did. Yeah, he was the president for a while. Yeah, yeah. Number, but you don't have to tell me because I lived it. Number eight, <laughs> the Silent Corner by Dean Coots. Ooh. Uh, it's down from where it was last week. Do you think it's going to stay long, being a Dean Coons? Man, I'll never bet against be- Dean <laughs> Dean Coons. Bean Dean. Bean Dean Coons. That's what we called him back in high school. Yeah, back on the ranch so, in Montana. Yeah, on the ranch well, in Montana. right? Me Bean and Nora Dean Roberts. Coons. Yeah. Why do you call him Bean yeah, Dean? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you see how he's the eating can of beans? Yeah. That's about it. Classic Bean Dean. <laughs> Number seven, Into the Water by Paula Hawkins. Yeah, I remember that. She's done it again. She, when are you going to read this? She's done it again. Sometime. Are you saving it for a book club, or are you going to read it before that? Um, no, I'll probably pick it up. Okay. I'm nice ahead in my book club, so once I get out of the Scott Turow book, I can, yeah. I can just do whatever I want. I have cool. absolute freedom. Uh, number six, The Identicals by Ellen Hildebrand. <gasps> Is this about the, with the wrong twins in the, uh, on Death Row? No. Oh. Uh, complications in the lives of identical twins yeah. who were raised One's separately by divorced parents. And the wrong one gets put in On Nantucket and a Martha's Vineyard. No, it's two people Does with Martha's a, Vineyard have with a, a sun umbrella walking to the ocean on a beach. Wow. It's that must be beach. like a before situation, before the other one got <laughs> Number framed. five, new this week, seven stones to stand or fall. Seven stones to rule them all. <laughs> Uh, a collection of Outlander short fiction by Diana Gabaldon. 
Gabaldon is one of the most fun names to say. Gabaldon. Gabaldon. Sounds like so. Yeah, like a turkey would say it. <laughs> as they're chasing him, like, come here, turkey. And it's like Gabaldon, Gabaldon, Gabaldon. That's, that's a good Thanksgiving joke to tell your mom. Gabaldon is the hey, turkey what, Pokemon. Who's the turkey's favorite author? <laughs> Diana Gabaldon. <laughs> Uh, number four. Turkey. Oh, hey, true story though. Turkeys are so stupid. What? Turkeys are just so stupid. Okay. They're stupid animals. Well, I mean, yeah, they got tiny brains. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Uh, I mean, we just did a whole bit about Gabaldon, so we're not much higher on the brain yeah. chart. Yeah, but we knew it was stupid. Turkeys yeah. would have been like, "That is high comedy." Gobble gobble gobble. Gabaldon. Uh, number four. Uh, I'm a little surprised this is only at number four. I'm a little so, surprised that you're surprised. Uh, so number four, The Duchess. Or, yeah, Duchess. By Danielle Steele. Wrong. So. This is where the Duchess tries to throw. <laughs> 19th century British Duke's daughter, disinherited by her half-brothers, flees to Paris to make a new life. And she gets put on death row in his place. Didn't she just write a book called The Duchess? Look, don't question Danielle Steele. D-U-C-H-E-S-S. Duchess. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought she just had one. Is it? What's this one called? Oh, maybe it was The Duke's Mistress or something. The Mistress <laughs> is what I was thinking of. <laughs> the Duke's Mistress. All right. So, yeah. This is just The okay. Duchess. So, yeah. Danielle Steele charting at number four on her new this week. Look How do you feel about that? Uh, it. She used to be number one. Yeah. Well, well number three, say. Use of Force by Brad Thor. Oh, boy. Are you surprised that Brad Thor... I am be- surprised yeah. that Brad Thor's up there. I'm surprised that people are still publishing Brad Thor's books. The counterterrorism totally operative honest. Scott Haverath is called in when a missing terrorism suspect drowns off an Italian coast. Found him. Oh, okay. Number two, Murder Games by James Patterson and Howard Ruffin. What are you going to do? An no. expert on serial murder becomes involved in the hunt for a New York serial killer. I'm actually kind of fascinated about this. That's somebody who's like an expert on serial killers no, would then just, hunt a serial killer. The whole like James Patterson, I guess we should save it for a James Patterson podcast, but I'm just, I'm really puzzled by the fact that like this is not, it doesn't seem to have diluted his appeal one single bit. Yeah. The fact that the quality's dropped and it's yeah. a different co author every single time. Yeah. They come out bi weekly now, yeah. but it doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. Like they still. You have the same issue with Marvel movies. That's true. You just don't get but it. I guess I just don't understand how how it hasn't. I don't know. It yeah. just you know what I mean. It's yeah. just it's a completely unique phenomenon, like in the publishing yeah. world. I can't think of another situation even <gasps> close to this. I mean, Cussler puts out a lot of books with co-authors. It's it's not that co-authors are new. It's just yeah the rate and and that it's across all genres. I mean, he has a picture book yeah coming out now yeah he's writing with Bill Clinton yeah you, I just read it the young adult one man any sense yeah I don't get it. What do you think it is? Just, just the name. Quick read. You think that's it? It just you. Yeah, you just quick. know exactly what you're gonna get. Yeah. It's just gonna be a fun. Yeah, man. It's like Little Caesars. Everybody, people have to be honest and admit that Little Caesars is the worst. It yeah. is not good pizza. Yeah. But it's five dollars, yeah. and you'll get it, and then get out. Yeah. That's that's just it. James Patterson is the Little Caesars of books. Yeah. So there you go. I think both parties would be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Little Caesars like, you think we're just like James Patterson? Oh, Little Caesars and Jimmy's Pizzeria presents (laughs) a large cheese. I'll I'll have the James Patterson, please. (laughs) Um, Yeah. All right, sorry to derail your list. What else you got? Uh, Number one, Camino Island by John Grisham. So John Grisham is still number one against Daniel Steele, Brad Thor, and James Patterson. And what's surprising about that is that he... He's changed his schedule, too, because yeah. Whistler just came out not even right. six months ago, and he usually doesn't do that. Yeah. So to have two big, high-profile releases that close yeah. together, and very successfully, so yeah. good for you, Grish. So you think Daniel Steele should know? Would, do you think if Camino Island was... I mean, she would only be number three. I, I just crazy. I think with Danielle Steele, I don't think she's picking up a lot of new fans. Oh. I think Grisham still See, that has might be it. Like, I think enough James- clout. To kind of still grab some people. I think James Patterson is becoming so synonymous that maybe he is picking up new fans. Yeah. Is yeah. all. Because, I mean, it doesn't, like, with well, all these... Well, they're everywhere. I mean, yeah. on, on our advance notices, I always have to, like, skip around. So I'm not just yeah. saying James Patterson books, you know. And, yeah. I mean, they're, they're like we said, they're across all genres. They're just, you yeah. can't avoid them. Yeah, man. So. 
I also think that maybe I think Danielle Steele. That's here's real quick. We've had the there's nine volumes of the Maximum Ride graphic novel. Yeah. Um, and there's a book series, and we've had the book series, and the book series never really checks out that much. The graphic novels in my two years or almost three years having been here, uh, they've they've done fine. I always see like maybe one checks out like every couple of months. It's been slow, and then all of a sudden in the last two months, everybody has been trying to read them. These James Patterson Maximum Ride graphic novels. I don't. There's no. I cannot pinpoint what's going on. And it's not the books. It's not translating to the books. Uh It's just these graphics. But like people coming in, like, oh, is there more? And Volume Ten doesn't come out until February next year. Oh, I didn't realize it was still a current series. Nine came out in 2015. Oh, okay. Ten comes out in 2018. Oh, okay. So definitely current. Yeah. Is it still adapting existing books or have the? I couldn't tell you. Okay. But it's just. It's just. So uh, another element of the James Patterson mystery. Yeah. Why all of a sudden are these Maximum Rides super yeah. popular? Yeah. So there you go. Interesting that it hasn't. He hasn't like tried to branch out into TV and stuff. I mean, the Women's Murder Club was no, a show. He's for, got like, a season. Zoo. Zoo <gasps> That's has right. two Zoo. seasons. That's right. Zoo is still out. Yeah. Yeah, and that just got a sequel and a bookshot. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Would you? Do you think if we had like a Lex Luthor like enemy of yeah. the show? Yeah. It would be James Patterson. Like, mm. if anyone was trying to shut us down, it'd be Jimmy P. Maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm, but we give him a lot of free air. Yeah, but we also talk about so. how bad he is. But it doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. Nobody would deny that the quality's dropped. You know, people just don't care. So, okay. a little different. Anyway, nonfiction? It's all politics. I can't do it. It's killing right. me, man. All right. All right. It, all right. It, if you're looking for political f- nonfiction, every new book, every right. new nonfiction that comes out is that. So. All right. I respect uh, your decision. That's why I switched to young adult. That's fine. We'll we'll <laughs> pop in and check the the nonfiction yes, one yes. in the coming weeks. And you know what's great though? Tell me. It's it's politics for all flavors. Yeah. If you're far right, if you're far left, yeah. Wh- whatever hateful bile you have built inside of you, there's a book for you. So <laughs> equal opportunity. That's yes, really it's beautiful. So, it's a beautiful thing. All sides can just scream and yell at each other, yeah. and it'll be great. Yeah, I love it. Hey, uh, how's the summer reading program going for you, buddy? Great. It seems like. It is? Yeah. It was no, I'm asking yeah. you a real question. I want to talk about the summer reading program for good. just a quick It's second. been going good. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you've had a lot of, like, attendance across the board. Yeah. As far as, like, yeah. different Beauty, programs. We showed Beauty and, and the Beast, and even though everybody and their mother saw that when yeah. it was in theaters, we still had a pretty good crowd. Yeah. For about showing. About 45. That's yeah. a great crowd. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, it's just been we've been I've ha- I have more teen signups this year. It has been still kind of pulling teeth. Like, do you want to sign up for the yeah. teen summer reading program? And then I have to be like, all you're doing right now yeah. is checking out a book. That's all you have to do to do the I teen know. program. That's true. That's and they're true like, no the thanks. Board. I'm like, literally, you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're doing it right now. I know. In being here right now, I know it's like with the adult summer reading program yeah. too. I have, people always think like, oh no, I just want to read what I want to read. And I'm yep. like, but that's the beauty of it. Yes. That's what you do. Yeah. Last so. week. Um, so last week's prize, I had like three movies, yeah. Ender's Game, Maze Runner, and The Fifth Wave uh-huh. as a prize. And then Oof. to go, yes, well, some of them are good. No, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good... Some of them... It's a good prize. Um, and then the other prize I'd give was, it to Maze Runner, one of those three. Coloring oh, books. we had two adult graphic, yeah. uh, two adult coloring books, uh, a Wonder Woman collection and a Guardians of the Galaxy one. Mm-hmm. And they, they did pretty well. The DVDs had the most. Nice. So uh, I was surprised the first week... I can't remember what the second prize was, but one was like a Lego Minecraft set. Okay. I was like, teens aren't really going to like care too much because it's Lego and Minecraft. Yeah. But it had, like, everybody was putting it in for that. Mm-hmm. So I had the Archie graphic novels. That's, That's what it was. Uh, but people wanted Legos. I was surprised. All across the board, all ages, all genders, just Lego Minecraft, Wanted please. the Legos. Yeah. Interesting. So. That's cool. Yeah. Mine is, uh, the Adult Summer Program is going good. We've had a lot of people, I think, are really competing for our grand prize, which is nice. Yeah. I've heard a few people saying, like, they're trying to read all the different genres so yeah. they can get as many entry points as they can to get the, we're, yeah. we're giving away a, a nook. Um, yes. We should mention, too, that all of the Summer Reading Program is sponsored by the Friends of the Library, so it's incredibly generous of them yeah. to Thank to you for being for a friend yes, absolutely. of the library. But, um, my, the last two weeks in a row, we've had the highest participation in the adult summer reading program that we've had in years. Nice. So, and same with children, same with young yeah. adult. Like, we're just yeah. high across the board. Killing so it's, it. It's encouraging. It's yeah. exciting. Do you have, um, what's your next program? What's today? Anything coming up? It's Tuesday. Uh, we open up our teen loft. Okay. But uh, 
we also try to like say it's like a game day. Like we mm-hmm. have all our board games and we have all our, and the kids come to play cards, but we also have our laptops and iPads and everything. So like kids could just come and hang out as well. So there's open, there's games to play, but mm-hmm. if you also just want to, and then tomorrow's Teen Anime Club, Thursday we're doing a mug art class. Oh, that's cool. So I've done that with the, the adult craft class before. Yeah, I did it at Teen Anime Club and the kids liked it. Uh, yeah, it's a simple it's craft. It's really good stuff, yeah. It's simple, but they, they turn out really well. Yes. So that's cool. I've got a few. I mean, of course, the one-act plays is the big thing this weekend. But um, the book club is doing The Testament by John Grisham, which is Tuesday the 18th at 3.30. Uh, Deb Mercero, local author who wrote the book Geronimo. We have a couple copies in the collection that have been popular. Say again? Deb <laughs> Geronimo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, she's coming to do a talk on Tuesday the 18th as well. Uh, at 6 o'clock, she'll be in the Monday Club room. She'll have copies of her book. So right. she's just a nice, interesting lady. And her process, like how she got the book written and everything, is um, it's, it's just fun to hear about. So I think people would enjoy that. Right. And then the next day, the 19th, we're doing a, a wreath-making class at 2 o'clock. Uh, so a, a lot of good stuff. Wreath. Yeah. Summer wreaths? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just like hang on your front door or whatever. This, yep. A lot of fun stuff beyond that, but we won't we won't dig too deep into it now. I just okay. wanted to mention the summer reading program is in full swing yeah. and we have programs uh for all ages. So yeah. bring the family down. Tonight, actually, we're doing a, a 3D t- today is Tuesday the eleventh when yeah. we're recording. We're Ooh. doing a three D printer class at six o'clock yeah. in the evening. So you can come check out our three yeah. D printer. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to our main okay. segment today. You explain this because Nick has the lead on this. Yeah. I'm going to go hang out with some of those tissues for a second. Okay. All right. I will. I will. So we've been talking recently. It seems like there's been a lot of posthumous releases and things coming out where uh, other authors took over and, and uh, completed things that had been sitting on shelves for a while. So we wanted to talk today about some of the great unfinished novels and how they uh, got completed so that we have them and can read them. So uh, we're going to be pulling from a list that was originally found on shortlist.com. Uh, we're going to be covering about 10 unfinished novels. Uh, do you want to take the first one? Because I think you had some insight on this one. I don't have insight on it. Okay. So number, number one on this list. Um, and who's doing this list? It's just shortlist. Shortlist, yeah. Um, it's the mystery of Edwin Drood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he died, Charles Dickens. Yeah. Uh, he was halfway through the mystery of Edward Drood. Um, and somebody finished it. Um, but no, the only thing I had is, uh, Dan Simmons who wrote Hyperion. Yeah. I almost read one of his books just called Drood uh-huh. and it's just one of his weird sci-fi mystery psychologicalness, where it's like somebody's being hunted by the character Drood. Oh, okay. And it relates to like what happened to Charles Dickens or mm-hmm. the mystery of the book and everything. So uh, that's the only thing I connected to like people like find the idea of the mystery of Edward Drew compelling enough that they write stuff about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've read, uh, I read a book. It was a, it was a sci-fi book and, uh, one, it was a mystery. Um, and one a- of the, one of the aspects of it was, uh, there was like a missing journal they were trying to find and right. the, and the, and the lead character had a collection of Dickens books, right? Like nice leather bound. And, and part of the resolution was that, the detective or whatever, the person in the role of the detective saw Drood and realized it was thick like the others and remembered that it was an unfinished book. And so, you know, the, the what he was looking for was hidden inside. Right. So it was, it was a clever use of it. But, I mean, I think what's what this is always the one that people think of when they think of right. unfinished books. It seems to be the one that comes to mind. And I think that's because it was a compelling mystery. And just wasn't resolved and it wasn't a situation where like people just looked at his notes and were like oh that's what he was thinking so any any attempts to fill it out are just guessing you know so you have to kind of like craft the ending um to to go with what's already written without knowing like where the where it was going so there's been a lot of different attempts to sort of finish that i see here it was a bbc adaptation right um it's you know, because it's a mystery, it just lends itself to that so well. Mm-hmm. Um, another on the list here, we have the original of Laura by Vladimir Nabokov. Um, shortlist says, like many authors, fetid Russian writer Vladimir Nabokov left express intentions that any unfinished work should be destroyed upon his death. Following his passing in 1977, his final book, the original of Laura, wasn't destroyed, but held in a bank vault that his son deliberated whether to publish it. 
In 2009, it finally saw the light of day. A fragmented novel concerned with aging and the complexities of love, literary figures despaired that the man behind the classic Lolita should not have had his final wish honored. So that's always tricky, too, because, you know, like we were talking about with Crichton, no way did he want us to read Pirate's Latitude, you know? So there's always that, there's always that debate, you know, whether, whether to put it out there so that people can see, uh, or to just Mm -hmm. keep it tucked away as it was meant to be. And it looks like... Uh, Nebikov probably would have preferred that it be tucked away in, but probably, I mean, <laughs> most definitely. Right. All right, so The Love of the Last Tycoon by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, so, let's see. Uh, he's on the fringes of Hollywood. He thought he found such work below him, but he obviously provided him with uh, this book. So, it's an account of Irving Thalberg, who's a movie mogul, but I don't know who he is. Me neither. Um... So he's going to write 31 chapters, and he only wrote 70, uh, 17, so because uh, he died in 1940. And it was eventually published. Yes. Uh, Edited by his friend Edmund Wilson. Yes. Published the year after his death. Are you a, Do you like The Great Gatsby? Are you a... I didn't like the book. Okay. Or the movie. Okay. What's his face? Leo? Yeah, I didn't care <laughs> for that either. Have you read other F. Scott Fitzgerald books? I have not. Okay. So it was fine. My wife loves the book. Oh, okay. So it seems to be a, a polarizing book, you know, like not a lot of people who are like, it was fine. Like yeah. either you love it or you hate it. Mark Twain, good old Mark Twain. He's next on our list here with the mysterious stranger. <laughs> Mark Twain's autobiography is huge. It's a big, have you seen that? It's like a giant massive. Yes. Yes. Um, multi-volume thing, which he'd written and had like locked away with express, like written sayings right. that could not be published a hundred years after his death, because I think he's pretty frank about like people right. and things, and yeah. didn't want it coming out. So that's a, that's a case where his wishes actually were, um, oh, what's the word? Honored? Respected, yeah, honored, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it did come out a hundred years later. Okay, um, I tried to read it, and no. I didn't. I didn't get no it. good. But The Mysterious Stranger by Mark Twain. Mark Twain had worked on three versions of this novel by the time he died in 1910. Uh. Unfortunately, none were finished. However, one theme that underpinned all three attempts was Twain's caustic attacks on the failings of organized religion. Six years after his death, a version was published but seems to have clumsily pieced together bits of the different versions. Uh, Like the film Ant-Man. Yeah. (laughs) Twain, who was endlessly debated during his lifetime, has continually poured over in death. So... Sounds like The Mysterious Stranger was not a successful uh, closing of that book. I can't imagine that working, you know, taking scraps of uh, alternate versions. Yeah. Why did you take the next one, too? I will, and I know why you want me to take the next one. Because it involves a good friend of mine, the mustachioed Robert B. Parker. Uh, Philip Marlowe, which is, you know, Robert Parker actually had one of his uh, books completed by his longtime editor Helen Branch I want to say a Spencer right. book that he'd been working on when he died uh, and after after Ace Atkins took over Spencer um, this last scrap of, of Parker work d- was finished by his, right. his editor and did come out so he's both been someone who finished someone else's book and had oh, yeah. his book finished by someone else uh, Robert B. Parker picked up where Raymond Chandler left off in a book called Poodle Springs <laughs> Philip Marlowe is one of literature's most enduring figures, a tough, complicated, and brooding detective. He has a gift for the cinema age. This, this isn't the thinning the turking herd. No, different, different. Okay. As portrayed memorably by Humphrey Bogart. Created by Raymond Chandler, Marlowe was stepping out for his eighth novel when Chandler died in 1959. However, to mark the 100th anniversary of his birth, contemporary crime writer Robert B. Parker, with the blessing of the Chandler estate, completed the novel based upon the four chapters of hard-boiled prose Chandler wrote. Parker's really... I mean, he's the perfect choice for that kind of thing. That style, um, the you know, the the sparse and the the, the uh, saying a little to say a lot. I mean, that's that's a classic of like the noir age. So um, I think those styles mesh really well together. And actually, I happen to know he continued. He didn't just finish this one. He wrote at least one more uh, Philip Marlowe book. So he uh, he continued the tradition even past the one that he finished. Okay. You're up. Uh, Where of Hermiston? That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, This is by Robert Louis Stevenson. Uh, Have you ever read Treasure Island? No. I love the story, especially if 
Tim Curry and Gonzo are in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think I've ever actually sat down and like read the book. I know I've read the illustrated classic. I didn't even read the illustrated didn't classic. You? No, man, I love illustrated classics. Um, so this was supposed to be his masterpiece. Yeah, it's an epic novel set during the Napoleonic Wars at the beginning of the 19th century. It's focused on the travels of Archie Ware. It touches upon the tragic effects of conflict with the family, love, and social commentary. Not pirates and buried treasure. Um, so I don't know when this was released, though. It doesn't have a date. Well, maybe it wasn't. It might not necessarily oh. have actually come out. I mean, I think there are times when people, when cooler heads prevail. Though it seems like often with that sort of thing, they're they're put in some sort of... Uh, Originally published 1896. Oh, okay. So it did. Yeah. Just came out as unfinished, I guess. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yep. That that can happen sometimes. Like they'll put together. A, usually, it's like a scholarly kind of look at unfinished works and stuff. So it could be something along those lines. But yeah. I guess I've never read any Robert Louis Stevenson aside from illustrated classics, which I think for this for purpose, some reason I thought he wrote. Uh, he did write Doctor Jekyll, right? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I read that. Oh, okay. So is the book good? The second half is. Not the first half. Is Russell Crowe in it? Yes, actually, yes. <laughs> Written yeah. as Russell Crowe. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next, Henry James on the list, The Ivory Tower. The creation of modern America towards People the People in Ivory Tower shouldn't throw... Ivory. Yeah. You really shouldn't be messing... You shouldn't be collecting ivory. I don't think that's... That's yeah. gone out of Elephants fashion. Elephants are not a really finite not. resource. Yeah. No, they are a finite resource. They're not an infinite resource. <laughs> wow. I'm just going to isolate that piece of audio and say, Eric Mickles thinks yeah. elephants are... The creation of modern America towards the end of the 19th century was a rich source of material for novelists of the age, such as Henry James, one yeah, would assume. Sure. Henry James was one such writer. His books drenched in realism and literary illusions are now seen as fascinating critiques of the time. The Ivory Tower was one such book, a tale of unfathomable riches and the consequences of such wealth upon two families and the rising industrial classes. Yeah. It was left unfinished when James died in 1916, although it was published the following year. So, right out there. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I don't know. I just realized as we're going through this, this is an episode of other people's top ten lists. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're just, this is what we've become. In almost 100 episodes, we have, we have devolved into just... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, number eight, The Garden of Eden by Ernest Hemingway. Have you read Ernest Hemingway? Yes. I read The Old Man in the Sea. That's right. You did. I was because of the Red Hot Chili I was trying peppers. to understand yeah. why... Chili Peppers were called, why Anthony Kiedis was calling, I assume, his son? Yeah. His old man in the sea? Yeah. I don't understand it still. Okay. Uh, the book was fine. Okay. So, it's quick, right? I mean, that's it's like a yeah. novella. He started uh, Garden of Eden in 1946, but he didn't even have it done. Uh, he didn't finish it when he died 15 years later. So 15 oh. years he didn't finish this book. So it was one that And then 25 him, years, it, uh, it didn't see, uh, it was published 25 years later. It ran up to like 800 pages. And they cut it in pieces. Oh. And that made some Hemingway fans upset. Yeah. It's about a couple who honeymoon. Uh, I guess it doesn't matter where they honeymoon. Okay. But they fall for the beautiful Marita. Uh-huh. Thus, oh, setting both. off a chain of destructive events. Both, both members of the yeah. couple fall for her. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't seem like one you'd want to chop up. Yeah. Because it seems like the whole point is Yeah, the, what would be the point? Yeah. He's not ever writing anything else. Yep. All right. Uh, David Foster Wallace and the Pale King. Before he committed suicide, aged just 46 Ooh. in 2008, David Foster Wallace was regarded as one of the brightest and most inventive voices in American fiction. His 1996 work, Infinite Jest, was acclaimed as a great American novel. I have not read that. The following yeah. year, he began work on a book that he would still be writing at the time of his death. A complex, multi-layered book that focuses on the human condition and the minutia of daily life. The Pale King runs to 500 pages and was, according to Wallace, only a third finished. Yet after much editing, it was published in 2011. Yeah. So they must have just pared it down. And yeah. I feel like I recognize... I feel like... Oh, no. The Pale King was just the Pale Rider or something. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. Nope. Hey, our old friend Albert Camus. Yeah, number 10. The First Man by Albert Camus. Uh, so he died in a car crash. Um, yeah. But he was working on The First Man. Uh, it was about his childhood in Algeria. Did I say that right? Algeria? Algeria. Mm -hmm. Algeria. All right. Uh, it just dealt with here issues like colonialism, family relationships, and politics. And his daughter transcribed the manuscript and finished it in 1994. 
he died in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Some of these people, I'm surprised, are actually as contemporary as they are. 60s, the, like, F. Scott Fitzgerald died in 1940. That seems really early. Yeah. But, you know what? Midnight in Paris takes place in, like, the, the 40s, doesn't it? Yeah. Or the 30s or something. Yeah. So. Well, what do you think about it? Well, what? Well, where do you come what? down on should you publish things? Yeah. You, you think you should? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Why? Who cares? They're, they're dead. That's true. What's to gain from it? Just reading it. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it's, I mean, why why pick up somebody's diary? Like, a lot of True. things we know because somebody wrote a diary. Like, we know a lot about, like, the Shackleton expedition yeah. because the Shackleton kept a, a diary the whole time. Like, people, we just know about things in history because everybody kept a diary. Yeah. Should we publish diaries? Yeah. Like, no, but then why are you writing a diary in the first place? Interesting. So, I don't know. It's just, I mean, we should, we can't say, like, yeah, we should respect them, but, like, they were right. I don't know. They're gone. I guess, I guess the, the danger would be a subpar work or a work that um, didn't really represent them. I mean, if you put, take Pirate Latitudes, uh-huh. okay? Like, not to beat up on Pirate Latitudes, because as we discussed in detail, yeah. uh, I did enjoy it, but I think that. The danger there, someone who doesn't know anything, right. picks up Pirate's Latitudes, and it's like, oh, I don't like this. I don't want to, re- you know, this was a right. terrible book. Then they just don't read Michael Crichton because yeah. of that. I think there is a risk. I think that's something to, like, consider. So I guess for me, I feel like I don't like when it's just tossed out there without any explanation. See, but with, like, Michael Crichton, I feel like that same person could have the same reaction if you gave him The Terminal Man, which it's is, true. like, a second or third, like, bigger hit just because it's like dated and yeah diff- i you know no you're right you're right i it's, just i guess i don't i'm not saying that's a reason like why you it's right. not a definitive reason not to it's right just something to consider um, i i like when they do i don't think the authors would want it finished yeah but yeah i don't know although sometimes <laughs> you know like with the case of say like yeah. robert jordan or something yeah. where they like made right. arrangements you know i think that's a totally different yeah. situation but even something like um if you take Ghost Set of Watchmen, for example, right. I mean that was that came out when Harper Lee was still living, so it's kind of a different situation. But what bothered me most about the way that was put out was that there was no context for it. Right. There was no like forward or like you right. know, I think when you're gonna take something like that and and it, like any of these unfinished things, I think you have to do it you have to present it in kind of a scholarly way where yeah. you like front load it with like here are the circumstances right. to which this book was written right. and finished, and we're putting it out for yeah. this reason. I don't I think, think that's an important step. I don't think like people finishing Drood. Yeah, I don't think they should do that. I think oh, you should okay. just publish it as it is. Oh, and just like um, what's his name? Uh, Bruce Lee has like had an unfinished film when mm-hmm. he died, um, but they still put it out. I think they might have tried to finish it, and that was a mistake. But I just feel like. I don't know, if a famous painter was painting something and he had half the canvas full right. and he was going to finish the rest of the canvas, you would yeah. still want to put that yeah. half canvas up just to be like, what? Well, that famous portrait of Washington that's, yeah. that's everywhere is unfinished. Um, and like certain movies get put out even though like maybe certain things yeah. didn't get finished. It just kind of seems like you, yes, it's more for academic purposes, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Rather, maybe, well, yes. Well, I think the context is really important. So yeah. like if you're going to do that, you can't yeah. just like be like, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> but know? I almost feel like Drood would be more interesting unfinished. Yeah. Because then it's just left to you like, oh, what would he have done? Yeah. Um, it might. I mean, that that's one where I think they could have done something interesting where they, they put what is finished out there yeah. and then have a couple different options. You know, yeah. like here are some ways this could have gone. Yeah, or something. or like, I think commission like five that's famous I mean. authors. Yeah. yeah to, yeah. Yeah. Take a whack at like yeah. ending it. Or then... bring back the uh, choose your own adventure. Yeah. With, with, with Drood. It. It's it's yeah. half of Drood, and then you start choosing your yep. own adventure. Yep. To go to the water park, go to Paige. Like, what? Water oh, park? boy. Drood and I go to the water park. <laughs> oh, I drowned. Darn it. I love it. Shouldn't go down I head first. I'm, uh, I say that I sort of am, yeah. am reluctant to do that, but I'm also sort of the first one to snatch them up yeah. when they do that. You know what people you know? don't? <laughs> nobody questions whether or not we should put out unreleased music, though. That's true. People, like, Prince has, like, a vault yeah. of unreleased. And oh, people Michael just Jackson, same thing. Yeah, and, but nobody's like, oh, shouldn't we respect their, like, no, nope, yeah. put all their music out <laughs> there. Out. Like, if uh, they suddenly yeah. discovered an unfinished John Lennon yeah. album, they'd put it out. Yeah. And you'd, you'd be so excited. It's true, but I, I also think that they would, like, the context would be there. 
And well, for example, I mean, the, the rest of the surviving Beatles did do that with uh, when they put out the anthology right. thing. Yeah. They took John Lennon demos and then built songs around them yeah. so that they could do it. But that was, you know, like, you know that ahead yeah. of time. So it's probably because we've had two posthumous Michael writing Jackson is, releases. I mean, writing is going to be so much different than the rest of it. Yeah. Like music is a performance yeah. thing. Um, movies it's a visual thing so you're almost like just looking at like how it's done rather yeah. than maybe necessarily the end result of like the story and everything but then with a book it's very just like i mean it's a books are so such a process that's just a one person process you know what i mean like and to not have it finished yeah. like it's not cla- it's not like a movie where like other people might have known where the movie was going uh-huh. or had a script right. it's not like a song where you can just like well you finished at least one song you know, if you don't finish a book, it's just not finished. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's so all. you're, so you're pro releasing. I'm I'm still pro releasing it. Okay. I don't necessarily. I mean, you're right. Like, it doesn't bring out good stuff. Yeah. Like we're not better Michael Crichton readers because we read Dragon Teeth. <laughs> right. Um, but, I mean, I guess. If, like with Michael with like Michael Crichton, he's been dead since 2008 now like how many kids are actually picking up you know congo yeah anyway so um not me there's a bit with an eyeball early on and i was like oh i can't handle it in congo so i stopped yeah i don't remember that no well it's there okay anyway but you you don't you don't feel so comfortable with it with books as i do i think it i think it's really i think it's a little irresponsible to just toss it out there and not tell people what they're getting so I think you, I you think want it's all you about want the author as he's as his dying breath to be like it's okay, <laughs> publish it. <sighs> no, I just want them to be clear about right. what it is that they're doing. How do you feel? You know who we haven't talked about? Tell me. Which is kind of crazy. Uh, Robert Jordan. I I talked about Robert Jordan. It's all right though. Go ahead. You did? Yeah, I said when Robert Jordan was dying, like he made yes, really special. Right, right. You know. Sorry. That's I, all right. I mean, he I made special plans and yes. like sort of picked an heir and worked yeah. with that person. Sorry, so, everybody. I, mean, I, I must have phased that's out. Kind of, that's all right. You're I'm sick. sick. So that's that's a different kind of situation. Yes. But that's so just that so case, much, you know, though. Yeah. Do you think that's? I mean, if like Robert Jordan, he had just notes. Yeah. And uh, and timelines and things. Brendan yeah. Sanderson talked about like going through those. He's like, this is way more than Jordan probably yeah. realized he had. Yeah. Do you feel like that's enough? Like if somebody, if like Stephen King was dying and he just had like an outline of a book. Or like notes for like a series, and then somebody else wrote it. Do you feel like that's enough of the author in it? Well, no, not really. But I think like if you know that ahead of time, then you right. can kind of take it with a grain of salt and yeah. be like, you know, what what would it have been? Yeah. You know, they, they do that with uh, oh, like for a while there, like back. You remember like Andromeda, the TV show Andromeda. Yeah. Yeah. For a while, it was like everything that. Uh, What's the Star Trek guy's name? Gene Roddenberry. Like, everything Gene Roddenberry wrote, they're like, we'll turn it into Gene Roddenberry's this. You know, and it was that kind of thing where they, like, take a little seed and they use that name recognition to make something out of it. And, you know, the quality, it varies. So I think it's a tricky situation, and I think, like, the best way to handle it is to just be very upfront about what it is you have and what it is you're doing. So, What about a meal? What if a chef was making, you, meal? was making you a meal well, and he had a heart attack in the middle of it and another chef had to come in and finish the meal? Oh, I'd be all right with that. Really? I, mean, I feel bad for the guy's family, but like, I got to yeah. eat. So, okay. Yeah. But what it, like it's his signature meal. That's all right. You th- okay. I guess it, I would rather have that <laughs> than they just bring out like an undercooked steak. Yeah. You know, and yeah. raw eggs. Or, consuming Or, or make you choose again. Things. Like yeah, have to bring out the menu again. again. <laughs> Absolutely, I don't want to start all over again. Okay. Well, I think we covered most of our library news. Yeah, I can't think of front, uh but I can't think of any other like author that it was like a really big deal that it was being like micro was pretty big. Yeah. Tom Clancy, did did he have unfinished work? No, Tom Clancy... He just created, like, a universe that people can... Yeah. Like, if... I think that... I mean, the difference with Tom Clancy was that he licensed his name pretty early on when he was still yeah, writing he was by himself. He yeah, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of Tom Clancy books under the, the uh, pseudonym David Michaels, which is no one. Right. It's just a rotation of authors. Yeah. But his books, he started writing with Mark Greeny, like, right. as, you know, he was getting to the end when he couldn't really do it himself anymore. Right. So that was a more smooth transition. Right. So a little different. And unfinished, no. 
No, he just put like a last one out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's like, we found a missing Tom. I well, feel like if there was not a, yet. I feel like if we do though, that would be very dated because yeah. like he always tries to write like contemporary politics yeah. in his action. It's so, like, yep. It's the nineteen. <laughs> it's nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> President George Herbert Walker Bush walks onto the scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have any other? Eighty seven. Uh, is that when the Berlin Wall went down? I don't know. That was, that was the Reagan era. Do you have any other library news you want to get out here while we're... I think we covered it no, all. Oh, yeah. We hope you'll come to our... It's all summer reading all the time. Yeah, that's right. We hope we hope you, you come on Friday to our Evening of One Act plays. It's already Pretty the third week. Stuff. Can you believe that? I can. Oh, really? Yeah. I kind of shot. As like kids come in, they get stickers and put it on a chart to show week that they've three. been in. Yeah. And them putting it on the third week, I was like, it's already the third week. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The, all right. Yeah. The big night. Friday. Friday the 14th. What time again? 7 o'clock. But the reception... Well, the reception isn't open to the public, so... Ooh. <laughs> if you're listening and you just heard that yes. and you're coming... That's right. You should feel pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah seven. You're excited? 7 o'clock. Yeah, I am. I think it's... I mean, we, we walk by those pictures in that playbill, you know, like every day down yeah. there. So I think it's kind of neat. 80 like years ago. About, like... You know, to be those people in that original cast or something. You think about like plays we've done together, like yeah. somebody being like, "Oh, let's revive this thing yeah. that they did 80 years ago." I think it's, I think it's an, a nice tribute to the history of the library, but also like those yeah. people who you think it's going to happen know, with us. Like yeah, 80 years from now, somebody's like Star Spangled Girl. I got to start a teen okay. anime club yeah. in the vein of <laughs> the, the Eric Nichols <laughs> Teen Anime Club. It's very possible. I got to license out my name if you I want do. that to happen. Yeah, you got to clancy. Yeah. Anything it up. that you haven't finished in life that you're afraid they're gonna. Finish for you after you die. Yeah, Time Fox, my childhood novel. Oh yeah, yeah, man, yeah. If you died today, yeah, I'd I'd write that for you. You would finish Time Fox for I'd, me. I feel like I'd have to start it because you no want one... to. Uh, I'm actually working with Maxine Pietro on. Uh, really? It up. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah, we put our differences aside. And we're yeah. just trying to. How, how are they? It's all about the literature. How our differences? No, I mean them as like working with them. Maxine and, and yeah. James Patterson. How, no, just Maxine Pietro. I was oh, working she, with Maxine. Yeah, she's great. Yeah? Yeah, she's a lot okay. of fun. She's just taking the ball and running with it. Okay. So, yeah. So it was probably a little bit of butting heads when you had some of the Yeah, when I had a little bit of uh, creative control. Yeah, and she's she like, what? You want to like you write? Didn't like that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to our fun-filled episode 99. We'll see you next week for the big 100th oh episode. Oh, my gosh. We're turning 100. It's exciting. Are you okay? I am. Do you feel old? A little bit. 100 weeks ago. I know. Can you? That's yeah. something. Yeah, Somebody's... that means we're coming up on two years now. 104 is going to be our... Two full years of doing this. Isn't that crazy? That can't be right. It is. Four episodes after next week will have been... Two years. Sneeze. Yeah, August. All right. August was the initial. <laughs> Ooh, that was a beautiful Sorry. sneeze. It All was right. a beautiful we sneeze. We got to get out of here. We'll see you next week for 100. Hey.